0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman and this is your DFS preview for this week's Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. And joining me to break it all down as he does every single week, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, how about uh, how about that name for an event right there? That's a long one.
1: It's a long one, but it's a fun one. This is a fun event. One of my favorites on tour every year. You're going to see a ton of birdies this week. Um, And you got some big names in the field. We got our solid
0: field this week. So I'm really looking forward to it. Not only do I like this event, I was here, I was there. Not here, it's in Las Vegas Thursday last year. I was, I was the only person out there. Greg, I could walk anywhere I wanted, see anybody that I want. I highly encourage you when, when fans come back, go to the Shriners on Thursday. You can go anywhere you want, and it's a great little course.
1: I love it, and you're going to see great action. And the players seem to like it. Do you, I yeah. mean, you have, we'll we'll talk about these guys, but you got a you got a great field. And here's the other thing I was looking at today, Rick all of the the big names in the field, the stars in the field Mm -hmm. are there. They have great records here. They've all played well here. So you're going to see a leaderboard that is very likely to be full of big
0: names. Big time boost to the Shriners this year because this starts the mini Las Vegas swing. This is a week here at TPC Summerlin, then what would have been the CJ Cup in Korea is now being played at Shadow Creek. So anybody who was going to play the CJ Cup probably figures, hey, might as well play the Shriners as well. And what we get out of that is a pretty strong field. I was when when I didn't realize, and then when Friday afternoon the field came out and I was like, oh my god, it's it's stacked. I mean, Bryson's here, Webb is here can't like Tony Hideki Morikawa. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. And add Matthew Wolf into the mix. There's, there's a great mix of young up and coming stars. And you have some great, um, some great veteran players who have been in good form. So there's, this is a, this is an exciting one. I mean, it is Rick, the strongest field in, in the tournament's history. You got, I mean, almost half the top 30 is here. So it, it's going to be a good one.
0: What I also love as a data guy, having the same course since 1992 tpc Summerlin has played host every year since 1992 that makes for good data greg it is a par 71 the odd 71 uh 7200 yards bent grass greens and your defending champion is kevin nah who also won here in 2011 i think that's the 2012 2012 season 2011 year uh because you got to go low you got to go low and shoot probably something 20 ish under par.
1: It, you know, you, you just start to go through and look at past history of players here and you'll see Well, Webb Simpson came and tied seventh. He shot 19 under par and you <laughs> kind of just start thinking, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, a he, joke. Was 19, he was 19 <laughs> uh, and I don't I'm not sure if that was exactly fact, but I remember going <laughs> through this thinking, wow he went really low. He shot every 66, 67, 66, 67 tied eighth, Right. And you're kind of (laughs) like, okay, well, well, nice finish, nice playing, but uh, not going to get the job done. So yeah, you're looking at a golf course that's on the short side, Um, just on the card, it's on the short side. And then you're at a little bit of elevation. So the ball is going to go a little bit farther. And then you add in that the fairways are maybe a little wider than normal. And Wider fairways hitting more fairways leads to more distance, at least landing the ball in the fairway? Cause there's no rough to slow the ball down. So if you're landed in the fairway, um, which the fairways are wider here, you're going to get a little bit of extra distance. So you're going to see a short course play short. Um, and, and that's a, a big reason why there are so many birdies out
0: here. There's also, uh, I don't know how else to describe it. Lack of rough around here i mean you can pretty much get away with hitting it wherever you want going and finding it and uh having wedge into some of these greens and then as we've talked about at some of these events uh, it can turn into a little bit of a putting contest but you don't have to worry about missing the fairway around here
1: yeah this is going to turn into a wedge fest and a putting contest and that's why you look at the list of past champions you have 2018 bryson um, who is um, a completely different person. <laughs> That's true. You have also Kevin Na. you have Patrick Cantlay, you have uh, Smiley Kaufman, one here, Ben Martin, Webb Simpson is one here. So these are players who are not necessarily um, bombers. Even though the fairways are wide, you would think, oh, bombers paradise. But because it's it's at that distance where everybody has, it's, it's short for everybody. Everybody can reach the par fives. Everybody can reach the drivable par four out there. So uh, it almost takes in some ways, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on this. In some ways, it takes the advantage from the the bomber of bombers. It takes that away a little bit because everybody's got a wedge. So wedge and putting contest.
0: Before we jump into the player pool, don't forget you can send in your questions in the Apple podcast review best way to support us, drop a five-star rating and review, leave a question. We'll be more than happy to answer it on the pod. Greg, $10,000 range, only four golfers here. Bryson DeChambeau, as well deserved, headlines this field. Eleven thousand eight hundred. Webb Simpson at eleven thousand. Even Patrick can't lay at ten four. And Tony Finau at ten thousand two hundred. So, for I want to talk through the players here, but maybe I was surprised to see Cantlay Finau be the third and fourth most expensive golfers in this field. Uh, I don't know how you felt when this came out or if it even matters by a couple hundred dollars, but this would not have been the four golfers at the top of the player pool that I would have put there.
1: Well, Patrick Cantlay hasn't necessarily been um, lights out lately, although Patrick Cantlay some years would probably be the top of the field. And he has a great record here. In fact, he's never finished outside the top two at yeah. this event. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You heard me correct. Patrick Cantley has never finished outside the top two in the three times that he's played here. He has two seconds and a win. So, um, that that's part of the reason for sure why he's way up there. Um, and, and Tony Finau doesn't have a bad record there. Webb has a, has a phenomenal record there. A number of top tens along with a win. This is another Webb course. Uh, and Bryson's won there. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, Rick, I, I'm, um, I understand where they're coming
0: from here. I'm not surprised. All right. Well, when we get down to the nine thousand dollars range, I'll make a case for one of those guys. But let's let's okay. focus on the top here. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, eleven thousand eight hundred. Greg, I think uh, you know you're very we- well aware of this. I don't love usually paying for the top guy. Golf is very volatile. A lot of things can happen. It eats up a lot of your salary cap. I, I don't have a reason to not play Bryson. I mean, he's coming off the U.S. Open win, which I guess is the only quote-unquote knock against him. Uh, we know that the, the fit, right, the course fit, being able to hit it as far as you want, uh, being able to roll putts in, Bryson checks off both of those boxes in a big way. He's got the, the course history, three consecutive top seven finishes, including the win two years ago. I mean, I, I can't make a case for staying away.
1: I, well, you can, and it's the price, right? And, and it's the fact that he just won. So do you believe in the floodgates theory where you win a major championship and all of a sudden you are the favorite and, and deservedly so you're going to win the event one, every one out of every three times or four times. I mean, that's kind of where we're thinking about Bryson. It's hard to imagine him not winning this tournament because he's playing so well and he's played well here before. It sets up perfectly for him, and he does, as you said, Rick. He checks all the boxes. Yet at the same time, this is golf, and this is challenging, and nobody wins every single time. So, to me, with Bryson, I'm comfortable shorting it here because I think a lot of people are going to be like you and and take him, Mm -hmm. um, even though he's priced at eleven thousand eight hundred, which is just—it's just really high for me. But I feel like because the the playing resume here at the Shriners for everybody else in the group is so strong. I don't know if I can just hand this to Bryson. You got to make a. You're going to have to make a ton of birdies. This is not an easy tournament to win, even though it's one of the easier golf courses on the PGA Tour. That's a, something I think a lot of people confuse in their mind. Easy golf course does not mean easy victory, and um, and and hard golf course does not always mean really hard victory. Just ask Brooks Kepka. Sometimes it can make it a little bit easier. So I have enough of a way that he doesn't I can see a path to him not winning that is I think too easy for this to for him to be priced this high so I I can pass on Bryson
0: Okay so if you pass on Bryson then is the easy pivot to Webb who has great history yes. here he's a past winner okay so that that's which and I'm I'll be interested to see you know we'll get ownership projections as the week goes on and like if there is a situation where Bryson checks in at you know t- expected to be 25% owned and Webb is 12. Bryson's not two times as likely to win this golf tournament as Webb is. Right. And uh, absolutely. Now it
1: is interesting because you don't with Bryson, it, it, he, he plays this game that we can only imagine what it's going to be like. And I think back to when I was playing uh, junior golf, just starting man next year, if I could just start hitting my driver, Instead of two forty, if I could get it to two eighty, I'd have pitching wedge into the first hole. It'd be an easy birdie every time. Like you start thinking about Bryson's game, and he's gonna drive it up to the front edge of every green and pitch it on and make birdie on every hole. And he's gonna run away with every tournament that he plays. But it doesn't
0: it doesn't happen that way. With Webb, for me, he also checks all the boxes. All right, so I know we're gonna like end up talking about every single golfer here, but I think the guys that you like the most might be Cantley and Finau, right? Um, it's hard for me with Cantlay not
1: to want to play him. I mean, we, you think about what we've seen. We haven't seen a lot out of him since the restart. And although it hasn't been great, sometimes going back to a golf course like this can lead to that great performance, right? That's what he needs. He needs that spark. Right. And, and he's, it hasn't been bad. It's not like we're looking at a guy like Dustin Johnson shooting 80, 80, 78. I mean, it's not on that level. It's just, he hasn't contended the way we kind of have expected he also hasn't played enough to really get into a rhythm and i'm not sure if there's something wrong i'm not sure why if this is just a a unique year and he was kind of taking it easy i'm i'm not sure but i know for a patrick Cantlay going back to a tournament like this where in your three starts you finished second second and first i know that it's um it, it's very likely to create a spark and I, I, the other thing about his game rick Is his iron play, his wedge play, is phenomenal? Yeah, Uh, that that becomes just a huge advantage. He's going to be able to pump uh, pump short irons in there all day long and give himself great birdie looks. I think it's going to be a huge advantage for him.
0: Let's jump down to the nine k range because this is where I'll make the case, Greg, for the guy that I thought should have been the third favorite in this field and then basically the third highest priced golfer. It's Colin Morikawa. I I mean, ninety eight hundred dollars feels feels dirty feels like a, feels like a steal quite frankly and I know it's only yeah. I know I'm, I'm talking what four hundred dollars cheaper than Tony Finau six hundred cheaper than Patrick Cantley it might not be that big of a deal in the scheme of things but he's won twice in his last eight starts like what are we doing here he's a Las Vegas resident this is he's sleeping in his own bed like get, get out of town this is there is no way no offense to hunky Tony who should be higher priced than Colin Morikawa.
1: He uh, is the best value in the entire field, right? I mean, there, there's, I, I would say I'm definitely you could above make that like argument. 9, right? He's he's yeah. a phenomenal value, and you think about the reasons why. Well, I, I think he's probably priced this way because he's only played here once, and last year it didn't go so well. I think it was like a tied fortieth or something like that, mm-hmm. um, with two poor weekend rounds. But this is a different player than we saw in last year's rendition of the. Uh, of, of this tournament and the reason for that is his putting has improved and it, in those last two wins that you speak of um in his last eight starts the putting is something that has really come around the, uh he the the u.s open didn't go the way that he wanted um which look it, it, that can happen for anybody it can happen very quickly so it's not necessarily a sign of poor play it's golf at the highest level it's the most challenging golf you can ever get but now you're going to a place where the premium is really is really on your short irons your wedges uh and iron play in general and there aren't many players in the game uh, and i don't think there's anybody in this field who i feel more confident with a with a short iron or a wedge in their hand than Pat, than uh colin morikawa maybe webb simpson is really close but there's
0: not many here's here's i guess the only thing i'd be worried about is his ability to hit fairways at a higher rate than every single other player in the field might not matter all that much this week no it it doesn't
1: it doesn't but you can still position it's still useful right just because the difference between fairway and rough isn't strong see i i think rick this creates what we call a second shot golf course when you take Mm. rough out it becomes second shot, whereas at a U.S. Open at Winged Foot, narrow fairways and rough, it becomes a first shot golf course. Like we talked about leading into that tournament, this is quite different. It's a second shot golf course, and for a Kalamurakawa, I think that plays right into his strength. So, although just because one strength is mitigated, the real strength of his game, I think, is highlighted this week. So I love Murakawa. And-
0: and let me point out this little thing before we move on here. So we, the, the story is is a, a poor putter, and it's not necessarily wrong, but I, I break this up into two different segments. Before the shutdown, he was losing about 0.17 strokes per round on the greens. After the restart, he was on the positive side, pl- uh, 0.16. That's a third of a stroke per round. Now he's a plus putter. If he's going to be a plus putter, for the rest of his career, he's gonna win a ton.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's gonna <laughs> torch events like this. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you look, he he's just all of a sudden you you take when you take your bad putting rounds and you just raise them up to where zero is bad. Every time you m- hit a good putt, you make a good stroke, you're you're gaining, right? It's it's an advantage, it's a bonus. You're not you're not fighting back losses that you already had. It's a constant, you're constantly moving forward. It creates a huge advantage. Uh, especially for a guy that hits the ball the way that he does with the with
0: the irons. Sell me on Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, who we know has been going through the swing changes. He's been struggling. He gets into contention. He kind of falls out. He's an even 9,000, and he's on our outline as a Greg play. So I'd like to know why, Mr. Greg. Yeah, well,
1: he's played well here before. Um, a number of top tens. I want to say he's got three top tens here. Um, in the past, just off the top of my head. Um, and I think there's kind of a restart that's happening. I think there's a very clear reset moment for Ricky um, today. And not just our producer, Jacob, but Ricky Fowler also have, have their first <laughs> wedding anniversary today, which that's is right. extremely exciting news. Happy anniversary, Jacob.
0: Ha- was happy it a double wedding? Ricky. <laughs> was it a double wedding, producer, Jacob? Did you and Ricky get married at the same time? Was no. it like a two and two thing? No,
1: I think it was just a double honeymoon. Uh, no it was not a double honey. we did not get access to the puma jet
0: <laughs>
1: well that's awesome i'm sorry to hear that um but hey ricky's lost but since since then ricky we haven't seen great form and it's not, i'm not blaming the wedding on that uh, uh, by any means but ricky is a guy who has a lot going on in his life you think about um a new a newlywed who is doing all the commercials, all the promotions, all the off the course golf course things that he's doing. And then you add in a new swing change to it. There's, there's a lot going on. And I think that's part of the reason why this past year was a little bit of a challenge. And then you add in all the complications that everybody has gone through um, with, with the virus and, and all of that for, it's been hard for everybody. Um, so it just makes the year that much harder. And I think there's a little bit of a rebirth coming, uh, a little bit of a reset coming, much like Patrick Cantley. This year, if you look at what's happened in these tournaments, it hasn't really been guys who have been playing really well that have played well. Guys seem to have been able to reset. Sergio Garcia is an example of that, although he's been hitting it well. He had a kind of a reset week with the putter. He had Charlie Hoffman last week who kind of comes out of nowhere and plays really well. Um, you had Ian Poulter o- o- overseas play really well in the Scottish open. There's, there's a reset time when the season ends and for Ricky Fowler, I believe, um, I believe he's going to come out to a place he's comfortable, um, and play really well. And he's always done well in the desert too. He won his, I think it was his last win, sure. the waste management Phoenix open. He's always played well at, uh, at the American express. So I, I think Ricky's due for a good week, although it is definitely a little bit of a flyer, um, He doesn't check all the boxes the way some of them do, but like Morikawa, but um, I I think he's due for a good week.
0: There's a few opportunities where this still being a salary cap game, you kind of have to zig when others are zagging. Scotty Scheffler's $9,400, which means he's $2,000 cheaper than he was last week. Uh, Yes, he did not win that golf tournament, but he made the cut. He was obviously shaking off rust. Like, There's part of me that thinks, well, he's $9,400. No offense to Harris English, but Scotty Scheffler is way better than Harris English is. I might as well just buy Scotty again.
1: I don't know if I'd say he's way better than Harris English. Maybe if you look at a career trajectory, you would, like, if you were buying futures in these players, you would, no question, buy Scotty over Harris English. But I think right now, Harris English is playing just as well as. Uh, almost anybody he's, I mean, he's hitting the ball beautifully and he's contending week after week after week showing remarkable consistency. So there is definitely a place on your team for Harris English, but your point is valid. I mean, you want to take a a little bit of a risk with Scotty Scheffler coming in now into his second week after a a forced absence from the U S open. All of a sudden, I mean, this is this guy checks boxes, too. He's great with short irons and wedges. He hits it plenty far, um, which we know isn't necessarily important at this event. But your favorite aspect of Scotty Scheffler and fantasy, Rick, he makes a ton of birdies Mm -hmm. and eagles. And this golf course presents a ton of birdie and eagle opportunities. So it is a really good fit for Scotty Scheffler. And I do think you're getting him at a pretty good discount.
0: I have another one of those golfers in the 8K range that I want to get into. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution Through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So, if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. That other guy that I think is just by default, kind of a good play is Lou Eustace he's $8,800. He was, I, I I, I understand it's a completely different field. I understand we've got, you know, 12 of the top 50 or 12 of the top 30 or whatever it is here. Um, he was like $11,000 last week. I mean, he's $2,000 cheaper uh, than he was last week. He didn't even play. It's not like he missed the gut. He did not even play. I kind of liked him last week. Why wouldn't I like him this week again, coming off of a third-place finish at the U.S. Open. He's made, like, I don't know, six or seven straight cuts, and now he's $2,000 cheaper.
1: He's one of my favorite players to watch um, because yeah. of that golf swing is just gorgeous. I, there's something about Louis where he shows up in really big tournaments. He is a – I consider him to be a big-game hunter. He's one of those guys who um, – in a, an event like this, you could see a, maybe a sluggish start. You, you know how like Boo Weekly was a guy who said he'd rather be fishing and hunting? I, mm-hmm. I get it uh, very, he plays golf because he's good at it and that's kind of like, his, it's his job. He goes to work and plays golf. Whereas if he had his choice, he wouldn't be doing that. And there are a couple of players through time who have been that way. Louis, I, I feel like may be that way. Um, Where it's something that he does because he's really good at it and it's work for him. But, it, you know, it's not his first choice. So what does that? Mean? Well, when, when the moment gets really big, he's, first of all, calm, but he also, there's a little bit of extra incentive. This is a big payday. This is an important week for me. And a week like this, maybe, um, I, you just don't see his name pop up as often in some of these regular events, especially when scoring gets really low. You don't see Louis in finishing events at 2,500 par very often, but you will see him at six under when eight under wins. He, he's very good in those really hard golf courses. So that would be my one concern with him. Um, although I do really like the price.
0: Okay, so who else in this eight thousand dollar range, which it's you know led off by Jason Kokrak and Louis Ustazen at eighty nine and eighty eight hundred, and then it goes down to Joaquin Neiman at eighty one, and then Brian Harmon and Keegan Bradley rounded out at a flat eight thousand dollars. Is there anybody in here, Greg, that really moves the needle for you? Uh,
1: I, I, there are two guys that I really like, um, and one other guy I want to mention briefly. Um, Abraham answer and Russell Henley stick out to me as guys that I really like, uh, for one, they're excellent iron players, both of them. Now, Abraham is Another one of those guys where his dri- his straight driving, you could argue is an advantage that gets taken away because you don't mm-hmm. need to drive it straight, but his iron play has been great as well. And you, if you remember back to the RBC heritage, he hit, uh, a ton of, I think he hit 17 greens on Sunday. So he, he is a great ball striker as well. And when he gets into the desert, he plays very well. The tournament that sticks out to me um, is the, I think it was at the time, the Career Builder Challenge, um, yes, uh, which is now the American Express, where he shot 63 on Sunday and came in second place. So he's comfortable in this environment as well. I think he's going to have a great week. And then Russell Henley, really his, his iron play really sticks out to me um, as something that last year was elite. And I like when players have one area of their game that, is, um, that they can lean on that is dominant. And this week when that's iron play, I like that even more. So Russell Henley, another guy who I don't think is afraid to go um, really low. I think you could see some really low scores from him. If he gets it going with that, uh, with, with the putter watch out. And then the other guy that I want to talk about is Cameron Davis, who yeah, I think, let's do it. I think his price, Rick is kind of showing the play that he's had of late, the consistent play of late. But unfortunately I think it's a maybe a little bit high, um, I think the price is a little bit high for him, especially when you have a Joaquin Neiman right there at 81.
0: You know the problem with Cameron Davis, as much as I love him, uh, he seems to eject on every weekend that he's in contention.
1: Yeah. You feel like that's going to... Ch- I mean, I-, I feel like it's going to change one of these days, but I-, I don't know if it's this weekend, and I don't know if it's enough to make me pay 8200 for him.
0: He showed that upside, which was what was it like a 63 on Saturday or whatever, where it's just like, you can go low, make a bunch of birdies. I like that around here. And, and I agree. He's going to continue to not knock at the door. One of these times it's going to open, or he's just not going to fade on the weekend or on Sunday. Like it's coming, but how, how many more, how many more failures do we need? I mean, sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's not many.
1: And how many weeks are you going to contend in a row? Um, that, yeah. that can get tiring. It can get exhausting. So I have my questions. I, I'd really like him if he was at 7,900. I would really like Cameron Davis again because I've been riding that horse all, all starts of the year as you have too. But I think at 82, um, I, I don't, I'm not sure the juice is worth the squeeze,
0: as they say. <laughs> the $7,000 range led off by Doc Redman. Sebastian Munoz, seventy nine hundred dollars, all the way down to there's a bunch of guys here at seven thousand flat. Pat Perez, Kevin Streelman, maybe the most notable. Rory Sabatini, sorry, producer Jacob, he is seven thousand dollars as well. Um, I would like to make a case, Greg, for a guy that I think is at a turning point of his career, and I also think he could win this week. Who?
1: <laughs> tell me tell now me more, that i've tell built this more. up i'm
0: ner- I'm nervous now that i've built this yeah. up now you're um, saying well
1: which who do i want to go with because i got a couple <laughs> of crossroads guys i like here who's it gonna be who's gonna win
0: it's it's denny mccarthy uh, <laughs> okay so here's this guy we've been tracking this because i'm telling you if you look at his at his game something happened at the 3m open he started to hit his irons a lot better and here are the numbers in his we're now up to six events measured events since the 3m open he has gained a total of 12.9 strokes on approach okay to put that into perspective in the six events previous to the 3m open he lost 15.9 Fifteen point nine strokes. That's like what a twenty nine stroke swing in one facet of the game. It's unbelievable. Then you put that together with a guy who is literally the best putter on the PGA Tour for two consecutive seasons. You get him at a place that might turn into a putting contest, and he's rounding the corner with the rest of his game. Let's go, Denny McCarthy. Fire it up.
1: And the pr- and then you add the price into the mix. He's yeah. this is it's not even like I mean he's at seventy seven hundred right? It's a, this is almost a no brainer. The one thing with Denny that I wonder, and I have him as a play too, but my one area of concern is, are you going to see him? Is he ready to, is he ready to win? I think it's clear, as you said, that his game is improving. Um, and, and there's like Cameron Davis to me is at that place where his game is there. It's just, there's that next step of, are you ready to Go ahead and get the job done. Are you ready to step up and do it for 72 holes? Do you believe in yourself that much? And that's where that's what we have to find out with Denny McCarthy, because I'm with you. His game is there. The fit this week is there. Is Denny McCarthy, in his mind, ready to take that step to win? If he is or if he isn't, it doesn't matter for fantasy purposes. He's a great buy, and he's definitely in my lineups.
0: I like a guy that you have listed here you have stewart sink in here yeah one one at safeway finished 12th in his next start which was his last start at the sanderson farms his uh i, I thought i read his son is not going to be on the bag this week <laughs> so we've got a we've got a split a father and son caddy uh player team but i don't think that's going to make too much of a
1: difference. what does he have school or something that, that may I be the know, one please. the one concern but i look at stewart sink as a player who's um riding some great confidence he's in a great place in his life this is a um a time period an age group that i generally worry about on the pga tour are you do you still believe as a Stuart sink or as a uh a jason duffner or a charles howell III, when you're in this area um this age group do you still believe you can compete do you still believe that you can go out there and beat a matthew wolf or a colin morikawa what kind of attitude do you have and right now Stuart sink has the attitude of i'm going to go show these boys how to play I'm going to go, I'm a man and they're boys and I'm going to show them how it's done. And that's the attitude he carries. And whether it's true or false, right or wrong, it leads to great play. And he's swinging great. He's putting great. He is playing extremely well in all areas of the game. And again, on a golf course where distance isn't a prerequisite, I think it it bodes really well for a guy who's in the form of Stewart Sink.
0: I will uh, make my weekly endorsement of Lanto Griffin, who is not a sub 7K, seven k, but seventy three hundred bucks. That's close enough. Uh, continues to be one of the few golfers in this field, and especially one of the few golfers in this price range that gains strokes in all four categories. Uh, but Harold Varner the third's back, HV three at seventy five hundred dollars, seventh in this field since the restart in strokes gained tee to green. You know I love some tee to green, Greg. Uh, so Harold Varner the third certainly makes. My list, and he can just just pile them onto the guys that need to break through on a Sunday. Eventually, we'll just keep piling them up.
1: Yep, yep. He's in that he's in that um, group as well. Like, it, look, it shows you it's really hard to get the job done, uh, and not everybody can do it every week. Only one person can do it. So we'll we'll see. But I like the pick. I like the play.
0: Couple of couple of other guys here that have gotten hot or hotter, hotish recently. Uh, Charlie Hoffman is in here. J T Poston, Brant Snedeker. Is there anyone else? That might be noteworthy for you, Greg.
1: You know, it, it's interesting. JT Poston, you look at him and there's a there seems to be a type of grass he does really well on, um, the the Bermuda grass. He, he did well at the Wyndham um, the year before. He won at the Wyndham, and then he did really well last week in that Bermuda grass. I wonder if going across country, um, bank grass, greens now. I know you have some Bermuda grass as well, but is his game really there? Is this really going to last? i um, I I have two, I have questions about these guys still the one week jump up the, the pop-up guys, are they ready to sustain? Um, and I'm I'm not ready to take that jump with that group
0: yet. Fair enough. The sub $7,000 range. Oh mama. It is, uh, not necessarily the prettiest thing in the world. Uh, Adam Shank, Cameron Tringale, Harry Higgs, Henrik Norlander. They're kind of part of the $6,900 range. And then I don't usually go all the way down to the bottom, but, uh, Yeah, Zach Blair, Ted Potter Jr., Martin Trainers, flat $6,000. Is there one or two value plays that we can find in here that if we do, because here's the thing, if we do want to play Bryson, which I think a lot of people are going to opt to do, you might be filling out your lineups with some of these guys.
1: There's a point when you get down to this range where like all those guys that you just mentioned, you... You almost it's not not that you laugh at them, but you chuckle at the idea of putting them in your lineup. They have oh, they have no chance this week yet. They've all won on the P they're all winners on the PGA tour. And so yep. they they are fully capable. It's just they don't have any anything close to the consistency. So when I when you get down into that range, you're almost Uh, you're you're now rolling the dice you're i mean i guess vegas is the place to do it but you're (laughs) you know you're you're playing the slots there there's uh there's very little to go on that says hey this guy's going to do you're going to find a you're going to find a group of major problems if you if you break it down into uh course history or recent form or the statistical models you're going to find gaping holes down there so you're with every player so you're basically at a point where you're um, you're guessing. And if you think it's worth it to get Bryson in there, then it's not a bad idea to guess. But um, we always talk about this, Rick. What are you going to hang your hat on? I look at a guy like Charles Schwartzel. Okay. He jumps off the page at me in this range because he, I think he's playing some really good golf. And um, and I think he is starting to believe that he's close. You see the, the number, um, tied 23rd at the Safeway Open with the 70 on Sunday, not great. The Sanderson Farms last week, tied 32nd. Seventy-three on Friday, not a great round. He's putting together, um, you know, he's he's closer than it looks. And then you add to it the three M Open. He came and tied third, which was uh, not all that long ago. So I think Charles Schwartzel is a guy that's swinging really well. Um, he he's got a little something going with the putter, and there's some confidence brewing. And I, I'm going to take a flyer on to Charles Schwartzel this week.
0: Okay, I, I like when you say you know what what is there to hang your hat on, and the way that I kind of uh translated that this week was look at one one really solid kind of consistent player and one just like dart throw flyer high upside guy. Uh, so the two names that I came up with were at $6900 is Adam Shank who he, he kind of gets this high floor designation until he proves us wrong. I think he's now up to 9 consecutive cuts made, whatever it is, it is tied with Paris English for the longest active streak in this field. And the only other active streaks on tour that are better than Adam Shanks are like Rory, Rom, Victor Hovland, and I'm missing one other guy, but it's like huge names. Okay. So we're talking about finding the weekend at, at a ridiculous clip. And then the other one, which is the, the, the absolute dart throw. It's it's Zin Zun who is. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- this guy is a statistical masterpiece. Let me tell you this. He is the most average PGA Tour player that we have. He is within a tenth of a pr- uh, of a stroke on the positive in every single category. So he's like the most average player there is. But he goes miscut, miscut, eleventh, miscut, miscut, fourteenth. It's not like he finishes. 56th every single week. He does it in such a volatile manner that I think that that becomes interesting in certain DFS contests.
1: That kind of strategy gives you a little bit of, I won't call it win equity, but it's close to win equity, right? It's It's a guy who's going to get equity. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which can be great. It, It speaks to his style. That's a, you see a guy that's coming between 30th and 50th every single week on tour. That's a consistent player, but that's likely to be a, con- a more conservative style of play. You see a guy that nearly wins and misses the cut when he's feeling it with a swing, when he's found something with a swing, he can contend because he's he's playing aggressive enough to make a lot of birdies when he is um, not feeling it. Well, he's going to miss the cut and no big deal. Play two rounds, go home, see you next week. Um, so it, it's very interesting. Um, and, and I like that play, especially down in this range. That's the guy I prefer. Um, mm. unless I have a, a, some high risk, if I, if I'm taking risks up in the eight or $9,000 range, I may go for a safer dark horse to just make sure I'm getting points on the weekend. Um, but for the most part, this is where I really want to take my flyers and take my risks. Um, one other player, Rick, that I want to, uh, run by you, cause I have a little bit of interest and you talk about how zigging when everybody else is zagging, this may be an opportunity for that. Uh, and it's Patrick Rogers who we both have been on the past couple of weeks and he broke a lot of hearts last week, right? He started off, He got off to a really bad start, did fight his way back, but it wasn't enough to make the cut. Um, You can't, you can't make the cut at an event like the Sanderson farms shooting a 41 on your first nine. It's just not going to happen. But I, I wonder, was that just an anomaly? Was that just a, a, cause he's been playing great before that. He's a great putter. He's got plenty of distance. Do you think there's any chance that that was an anomaly and the week we thought he would have last week happens this
0: week? Yeah, no, absolutely. So nothing has fundamentally changed about Patrick Rogers, and you're right. I think he was like the fourth or fifth highest-owned golfer on the slate last week. I mean, he was very popular, and he's going to leave a lot of jaded owners in his wake this week. He's going to come in much lower-owned than last week. And you're right, it wasn't – like. You can have bad missed cuts. This was not great, but like he played 27 holes pretty good. You know, that, right? That's-,
1: that's the thing. Like, is there how, how do you miss the cut? Are you yeah. making you're just not making any putt? You make all par. You just can't get anything going. Or do you ha- do you make a triple on a hole or make a quad that throws yeah. you out of it? That's those are two very different things. And when I see nine holes that go like that and the, the rest of it is pretty good, I don't feel like he's lost his game.
0: So fundamentally, you still get a guy who hits it far and puts well, which should be right in the sweet spot of uh, of what you're looking for this week at yeah. TPC Summerlin.
1: Yeah, I kind of think you go back to the well with this one. If you if your if your heart was broken last week, I think there's opportunity here. Go for
0: it. <laughs> Forgive him, forget. Give uh, give him one more chance.
1: Come on, he can't do it to you again. <laughs> if he does, you you know, this price is way down this week, so
0: I, I think you take a chance. Uh, all right. I love it. Greg, if I gave you $100 in Las Vegas, where would you take it? To so the blackjack table, roulette? What would you do with it? Uh, the golf course. The golf course. You did yeah. play golf. There's great golf
1: <laughs> in Las Vegas. Uh, so yeah, I think that's what I do. I'm sure that's the fun answer that everybody was hoping for. Um, but look, I'm not going to just spend that all on the greens fee. I may have to add a little bit in and, and maybe, maybe you and I, Rick, can play a little Nassau game or something.
0: Oof, I'm going to need some strokes, uh, but we will definitely. Everything's that would negotiable. Be great. Everything's is, negotiable. Uh, I love it. There is a lot of great golf in Vegas, and we're gonna get two straight weeks of it. Greg, who you can find on Twitter at therealgfd, we've got preview pod coming on Tuesday. You know that's coming the Megapod with all the best bets and the picks and all that good stuff. Uh, but until then, you can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.